imagine like a giant Cadbury's button, but it's right. then embedded with tiny orange Smarties. <laughs> I know it's like too sweet. It's, it's it looks terrible. What? How big is it? Give me a the tab. The uh, then maybe centimeter and a half in diameter. And then it's got some little orange. It's, it's really weird. It's like one sweet with some other sweets living inside it. <laughs> Isn't that good? Welcome, listener, to episode 144 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, uh, Rob Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, uh, which is that of very tired Alice Bell. Um, we're just coming off E3, um, which technically ended on, I want to say Tuesday? Um, we've, been, we've been working odd hours. Nate's, Nate's been powering the take engine. Uh, but I'm joined this week for the best box art in game special by the box from Seven. <laughs> Hello. And eerie space yokel. So this should be good. I mean, Matthew, as we know, has got some interesting new suites, so that's good. He's in a good place. Yeah. I'm happy. There you go. I'm doing good, I think. Yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, because, yeah, I was doing the, I was, I was like a little dwarf in, uh, in a lonely tunnel over the weekend doing the early shift on E3, which is quite nice, but quite weird. Uh, but obviously I've had... I've had time to rest since then, and you haven't. So I'd say I'm probably a bit less mangled than you are. Um, it's been a weird one. I, we do sound more subdued than usual, I think. <laughs> we sound like someone's died. There's a sort yeah. of an air of muted respect over the whole thing. <laughs> Jeff Keeley's <laughs> selfhood. <laughs> oh, so I did a post roasting Jeff Keeley for giving away his own face in Among Us. And then, like, the next morning I woke up, opened Twitter and saw Jeff Keighley has followed you. <laughs> well, I DM'd him and said, well, that's one way to network. <laughs> Not Did- heard back. <laughs> is, it like, is it like the film it follows in that he'll only leave you alone if you tell someone else to watch at least 15 minutes of the game? <laughs> Honestly, the game I would do anything. I would do anything just to appease Jeff. I feel really bad, but also it's very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did. It wasn't a great E3 this year 
for I mean there were like some good things, but um I it did feel that like a you know there there wasn't a lot of stuff exciting to to be announced and that's fair. I don't think I'm angry at them for not but having made it made a lot of stuff this year. But um It's just a tough one to cover though, isn't it? Because there's very little in the way of actually new, new things. It's either more details and stuff we've already heard about or, you know, well, yeah, like uh, Elden Ring. And, and even that, even if it had been a surprise announcement, is sort of, is familiar territory. It wasn't like Microsoft comes out of nowhere with like a brand new... 9A franchise about like you know Fat Turtle I don't know I mean that's That's the the best I can come up with I wasn't expecting (laughs) loads but I do having been through it now I do prefer it being all in one weekend as opposed to spread out across eight months like it was last time (laughs) but I do kind of wish that they'd all sort of got together and been like lads have you got anything no, we've not not really got anything. And and just sort of done one one show for the whole thing that was just all the new stuff and it took like an hour and a half on a Saturday or whatever. And then we could have been done because at the moment I'm a bit like, I'm exhausted for this. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think I was thinking about this and I my 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 gut feeling is it's all spaced out over time so that it can be like a week-long social event as well and now that element of it has withered and all that's left is the spacing it's like where um oh i was gonna say something poetic about archaeology or whatever where like the romans rot away and you're just left with the ash casts at pompeii you know just imagine that made sense (laughs) It is weird not ha- hanging out and, and meeting people, but it's also like there's a thing that, that's been set up called the games industry gathering. If you're a developer or, you know, you work in the games industry, it's like a, it started off on Discord. I'm not sure where it is now. Um, and it's like the idea is to, you know, recreate the feeling of like a hotel bar during like uh E3 or whatever or or GDC in in San Francisco which is fine but I never liked going to the bars I never had time to do any of that stuff because it's like you spend all day on the show floor and then you have to write it all at night so repeat until you're broken yeah I I, the other thing about that I suppose is that but I was going to say bars are really loud, which is why I don't like attempting to do any sort of business chat in them. Uh, as I said that, a drill began outside. Can you hear it? Or No. no. Oh, great. Okay. It's, it's a hallucinatory drill then. Uh, but yeah, no, I quite like the idea of that. Yeah, because at least I could actually hear people it, if I, they're typing. It, it is, it's nice and like more power to everyone that likes getting involved in stuff. But I'm just not a very social person. Like I like sitting by myself, like crocheting a dog kind of thing in my spare time. I just not, I don't have a lot of bandwidth for, for 
big social occasions. So I would like someone, please, to set up a similar thing, but it's just we all eat pizza separately in our own Zoom call by ourselves. And then I mean, I feel like I've kind of been doing that for the last year anyway. I mean, <laughs> no, one needs, no one needs to organise that for me. Being lonely with pizza, I mean, yeah, I'm very capable of. Uh, but well, God, we do. We sound really down. I just need to sleep. I think. But um, there was some cool stuff. Uh, E3 Redfall looked really cool. Uh, Nate, I know you're weirdly hyped for the Avatar game. More than I expected to be, yeah. Because I thought the film was just a real empty breakfast, really. Yeah. But I think, as I said in the piece I wrote about it, basically, they have. They've just made a Horizon Zero Dawn trailer with cat people. <laughs> so it feels like a it you know, it feels like Horizon Zero Dawn. And as you know, I've got this massively weird affection for Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um so it just feels like I'm watching that and I suppose that's carried over and I'm now excited about Avatar. Hmm. That, that- Oh, works. Uh, Nintendo had a good one as well, didn't they, Matthew? But we're not allowed to talk about that. So. I, yeah, I I actually thought it was only okay, but there we go. <gasps> yeah, Yikes, types. You, I'm, a, the... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very uh, stern Nintendo fan. I've got incredibly high expectations. <laughs> they're the best game developer in the world, <laughs> and I, I I won't simply like hoot and clap because it's a character I liked 20 years ago. Like I, I do need more than that. I'm. A, a, I'm a bit snobby about Nintendo, if anything. So, um, Matthew clones are for me. The Matthew clones but, are displeased. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I talked about this on the other podcasts. I do not uh, not to promote the other podcasts, but I felt a bit bad. I felt like I was about to lose most of the audience. But there we go. You got to be honest. I just have to blurt this. I really want to start a consultancy called Clappenhoot Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a surname, Clappenhoot. Uh, uh, but yeah, for all like roundups of stuff like uh, the Wholesome Games uh, presentation and uh, all the, the big shows and stuff, you can go to rockpapershotgun.com uh, and uh, video, video pal Colin Mahan has also made a video recap uh, of all the fun bits, including Weezer's really weird performance uh, that happened. That was the thing. Um, so do check that out. But uh, <laughs> oh, you must go and watch the Devolver digital showcase. I w- you you probably already know about these things. This weird metafiction they've got going on. Mm. I only discovered it this year, and I fell completely in love. It's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, do check all that out. We've got an E3 2021 tag and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but despite us doing a lot of E3 chat, uh, right off the top, this isn't a post E3 podcast because we thought that'd be a bit boring. Um, so we're just going back to the regular, <laughs> regular schedule. Ah, it's the spirit. <laughs> there shall be no Christmas. <laughs> Uh, listen, our Christmas was last week. Last week was a, a cracking podcast. So if you want oh, E3... Yeah. That's, that's the problem, I think, with this year's E3, is that we've just done a podcast where we laid out the plan for such an amazing E3 that all the ways it deviated from our plan were only ever going to be a disappointment. 
and it 100% deviated from our plan. There was not a single clone murder. (laughs) That's all I wanted. End of the Avatar trailer. One of my clones getting fired out of a cannon. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm in. Into a colossal Jeff Keighley's open mouth. <laughs> God, can you just imagine the kind of horrible Black Mirror-esque world we would be thrown into if we were watching like the Xbox Bethesda showcase and like Phil Spencer ushered on an actual clone of Batman <laughs> to kill. And he's like, listen, guys, there's, so there's like a thousand of these that between all the conferences we have to kill... And we've been given 50 to get rid of, so <laughs> let's, let's get going. And imagine if rather than showing any sort of human concern for the clone, their reaction was just, oh, what a chore. It's <laughs> a lot of arm work. Hand me that <sighs> hammer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> go, go back and listen to last week's episode if, if you, you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, this episode is just about our favourite box art. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I'm not doing segues this week either. <laughs> okay. Well, no, Matthew did uh, did a, did a catchphrase that so was good. Yeah, all right. that's an acceptable segue. It's one of the genres. <laughs> uh, we were like, I I couldn't think of a, a topic, and I texted the lads, and Nate said, "What about ideal space game?" And I was like, "Oh, Nate, we can't just make stuff up every week." <laughs> <laughs> I think we can. I know, I know, it was, <laughs> I know it was fun, but we <laughs> can't just do a sort of freewheeling like. Look, you know, I'm very much all for the ice cream every day school of life. <laughs> Uh, but then he did suggest our favourite box art, which for um, the purposes of this does, because we don't really have boxes that much anymore, um, does include uh, boxes, but also like, you know, key art is what they call it these days, like the, the key promotional image. Um, mm. So uh, Matthew sent us some pictures of, do, are those boxes you own, or are they just weird ones that you no, found bitches on? No, so this, uh, I wanted to give a, a shout-out to this absolutely amazing site I found, well, um, called bigboxcollection.com, where a guy's basically digitised, like, the big, you know, those big old boxes PC games used to come in and turn them into little 3D models, and you can sort of spin them around and scan in on them and stuff. Um it, it's it's a huge nostalgia blast. I'd say the only downside is that it's mainly German boxes. So like you, the art's the same, but like if you want to read the words on it, it's all in German. Um, but yeah, I was just flicking through a gallery of little boxes of games I used to own, and yeah, there was a a box up for a game I have n- I have no recollection of existing. A kind of a spin off <laughs> of the Lawnmower Man called. Is it called Cyber War or something? Cyber War, indeed. Yeah, that is haunting. And it was just like an all-red box with a little window cut in it with like one of the computer faces from the Lawnmower Man kind of gurning through. I <laughs> imagine it's a slipcase and that there's something that you remove the red and there's a, there's a very complicated Lawnmower Man rather than it's just a tiny little face poking out. But It's yeah. so deeply unpleasant. <laughs> It's really the imprisoned weird. man. Like when I first saw it, I thought it was like 
a, it came with like a weird little doll in the box or something. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean it doesn't? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Crikeroonies. Uh, uh, do you have any actual faves? I do. I, I, I kind of a, a more of a publisher wide favorite because a lot of their but bo- I had a lot of their games and a lot of their boxes were great. Um, were the LucasArts games of the nineties? Oh, I was gonna um, say that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's alright. Carry on. It's good I to be like, it's I have to do they... less thinking now. I I wondered if if because they have like that connection with films that they were just a bit more savvy into how to sell their stuff. But their all of the boxes of their point and click games are basically amazing. Like they, you know, they really sell the excitement of the thing yeah. inside. Um, the one that jumps out to me was Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, um, which I always love that box because it's drawn to look like one of the Indiana Jones posters. It's done in that that sort of. Um, slightly sort of photorealistic style um and obviously it's not an indiana jones film that exists and it's not harrison ford in the game it's a, a sort of sound alike um <laughs> but to someone who was obsessed with indiana jones as a kid it felt like oh it's a new indiana jones you know it, this is the game but it's it's the film it's happened only here it it just felt super authentic which made the whole thing feel really exciting yeah like the the uh, Monkey Island ones are really good as well. They made it look like a oh, kind yeah. of Errol Flynn-esque swashbuckling kind of, which is funny because when you actually play it, it's not like that at all. Well, that, that's what really? was amazing about the third Monkey Island game because there, all of a sudden, the graphics did mm. match the box and you were yeah. like, oh my God, it, like, it's, it's like I'm playing a cartoon. Like it, it was such a leap. Yeah. Curse of Monkey Island that was, wasn't it? And that's the one, yeah. I, I like um, uh, some of the older ones, like the the more filmic ones, like Knights of the Old Republic was a really good, um, looks like a Star Wars film poster. Mm. Um, And it has like the bad guy and then, you know, like looming over everything and lightsabers and very cool. Um, And then you play it and it's all just blocks mashing into each other. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, slightly more advanced blocks. It's just, Kotor is an amazing game. Um, and I think I've been really like a, having an urge to go back and play it recently, actually. I think there's a a mod that's like trying to make all of it HD. I will look in it. It's something like a mod or a fan project that's like sort of like, well, if Bioware won't do it, we will kind of remaster project. But um, I'm not sure if I'm getting that right or if I've just imagined it in my head. <laughs> mm. A cool dream to have had. Uh, what about you, Nate? Are there any bits of key so, art? Or... Yeah, there's, there's two I want to bring to the table initially. Uh, the first one I've actually realised since we started the podcast is technically illegal for chat, but it's emblematic of an era, and I used it to inspire my, uh, my name today, and no one will understand what eerie space yokel is if I don't explain it. Uh, so this was from back in the days when games didn't sell that much and there weren't that many of them around. And people were just more experimental with them. The game I'm talking about is Phalanx, which was a Nintendo game, and it was a a side-scrolling spaceship bullet hell sort of job. Oh, yeah. But the image was a really haunted-looking hillbilly 
with a banjo and a wispy beard. And none of that happened in the game. It was they just thought it was a cool, intriguing image. And I really I feel like that was sort of 50 years ahead of its time. Like, I think that is, that's almost the apex that we should be working towards. And it was pretty early on in sort of, yeah, mass consumer game sales. Wouldn't it be lovely to have like, you know, an Assassin's Creed game where the image is just like, I don't know, like a crying boxer uh, with a half-eaten chocolate orange in his fists or like, you know, a load of eels pouring out the door of a bus. It would be, you'd be be fascinated, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. It may also be the end of that franchise, but. Well, I would buy it. (laughs) (laughs) The the other one I wanted to bring up, um, because it, this is a famous PC one, uh, is, is the cover to Doom. Um, mm. Everyone can picture that. You could probably draw it, like, with a startling degree of fidelity. Yeah. And it's a great cover. Like, composition-wise, it's remarkable. But it's also a very bad drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Hang on, yeah. I'm going to look it up now. Like it's him, the, him on like a mountain of demons shooting into them. That's my cousin. Yeah, he's, he's got a really odd body. Like his hand looks like a load of inflated condoms at random angles. Oh, yeah, the proportions and, like, are a bit weird. His shoulders are really twisted uncomfortably. And one of his pecs is just sort of on a different plane of reality to the rest of his body. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's that comics artist that everyone makes fun of. Liefeld, yeah, yeah Rob yeah. Liefeld. Because he, he, no matter which way a female character is facing, he'll somehow contrive for their tits to be like front and centre. So it's sort of like they're all twisted round and a bit wrong. It's a bit like that. Like, I can't work out... Now you mentioned it, it, I can't work out what's going on with, like, his right thigh and hip. And the rip in his trousers doesn't make any sense. It's, but he's it is, got the overall energy of a man trying to fit himself into the only available space in a central line tube carriage at rush hour, and he's like you know, contorting to get between a sort of gargantuan hedge fund manager's armpit and, like, five angry builders. But it is really good. It's great, regardless. Some of the the demons, like, on the right of the box are, are looking like they're having too good a time. Well, that guy on the bottom left... He's just like, there's this sort of devil and he's turning around to the camera as if to say, they've just announced we can eat any of the chicken nuggets on that table. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get involved. And he's almost sort of beckoning you in. Yeah, it's like you are a demon. If only we could talk to the monsters. 
<laughs> also, nice. what's the deal with what's the deal with the other marine in the background? <laughs> Is he? There's now a Doom podcast. Well, there's like another person who's like running in the background, as if to say, like, yeah. wait up. What's their story? Who are they? Maybe so, no, they're our friends. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. He's holding his gun like a club. This is a surprise birthday party. Don't shoot. <laughs> also, it's, it's really because like Doom guy is standing and he's he's got one foot up on like a mound. But is it a mound? Because there's a a demon reaching from behind him who's sort of clutching at the top of it. That makes it look like it's. I don't like the perspective is very unusual. When, Do I have when you kind of look to get at it. a little bit highbrow for a second? Yeah, go for it. This actually reminds me of the paintings of Paolo Uccello. Oh God! It was a 14th century Italian painter. Yeah, um, and his paintings are incredible, but it's. He was sort of while uh, European artists were coming up with rules of standardized perspective. And so they're very odd perspective wise. And it's something I've only really realized as I've sort of gotten older. Um, you know, the, the whether, whether something is, I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about abstract art here, but whether something is a good picture of something like, really doesn't have much to do with, with realism. And, you know, people say sort of, oh, yeah, the ancient Egyptians, like, they had a ridiculous idea of perspective, didn't they? And no, I think, you know, they understood it well enough, but they were, you know, they were looking to do something different with their depictions of things. They weren't particularly interested in representing an illusion of a third dimension. Mm. And I'd like to think that's, that's also the case with the artist of the Doom picture. Because <laughs> it is a great image. It just doesn't really correspond to how people or devils look. I I'd, I'd think the title art as well is amazing. Like, everyone can do the Doom font. It's got that, it's got a big, like, that S that everyone draws at school energy to it. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it's just <Bye>. fabulous. <laughs> Maybe we should try and get in touch with the <laughs> the artist for the original '90s Duke. I would actually really like to interview them. Yeah, Good it, stuff. my classic Jeff Cayley tri- uh, trick of just absolutely basting someone's work and then attempting to befriend them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is good. It's just I'm fascinated now. I can't. I keep finding new things that are interesting in it. Well, because that's, again, like, I think a hangover from the era of, like, amateur development, because it, yeah, it just, like, historically had not been a huge industry, um, and they would just get whoever they could to do the box art, and if that is your uncle who used to paint naked ladies on the side of motorbikes, then so be it, you know? <laughs> How 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 do we feel to sort of change track a little bit? How do you feel about the Half Life box? Because I've always thought there was a huge gulf 
in quality between the game Half-Life and the terrible box, which is just sort of orange and a bit rusty looking. Uh, I think the colour's actually a great choice. The colour and the symbol are really arresting. But it's quite, like, the box doesn't really give anything away. It's almost like it, it sort of rises above being promotional. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it, it speaks to a great confidence about your product. You know what it reminds me of? Um, when Harry Potter got really popular and they decided to reprint all the books, but for self-important middle-class people on trains who didn't oh, want to be seen reading kids' books. So it was like a black and white steam engine. Yeah, or like, you know... Just a picture of a pen. A silhouette of an owl being transphobic. And, <laughs> you know, it was Harry Potter. <laughs> And my highbrow thoughts. Yeah. I, I just think, I think back to my PC gaming collection, and I always used to think the Half-Life box was, was just sort of, I don't know, a bit underwhelming. I, it's interesting because I think with video games, you either, you, like the covers tend to, and the key art tends to either be um, very, filmic uh or like the cover of like a sci-fi or fantasy book or goes completely in their direction and is really minimal and it's just like the logo of the franchise or whatever um mm. and i feel that there is merit in all of those you know <laughs> i i miss the the age of big pc boxes game boxes because the box was like 100% designed for the game. You know, there, there wasn't like mm. a Xbox logo. You know, there wasn't like a framing device. So you could really go all out and you could like, you could commit to the theme. So like um, things, you know, like the Baldur's Gate and like Icewind Dale, the boxes looked like big tomes and things, you know, they had all yeah. like buckles and that kind of stuff on them. Well, you couldn't do that now because the branding of, of you know, that, that, everything has to have would kind of get in the way or, or kind of stop you from kind of committing to the idea. They were um, really good. And I loved cause, cause it, they would always be way bigger than the contents demanded them to be. So it's like ordering like, you know, a jar of jam from Amazon and then it comes in a box large enough for a mattress. So you could hear everything kind of rattling around inside. Yeah. And how do you feel about like special editions with you know statuettes and things? Yeah, it. I liked them when they were sort of harkening, harking back more to the old school, like the the nineties and early two thousands big boxes. Um, but now they're mainly because I don't want the statuette. Yeah. Um, and now they're sort of yeah. mainly like kind of it feels that like the, the hat feels quite cheap like you know a torch or like although the farming sim one that comes with a flashing light is very good i just don't know why you'd ever want to spend more money every every extra pound over the base cost is a pound that you could be spending on another game and it's like do you want a statue or, or a whole other game it'll mm. always be a whole other game i think do you also want to have a tiny little sorry what i was gonna say as you get older it's just another thing you have to dust and <laughs> Yeah. That's how I so I look at everything in my house. It's like 
how much dust is that going to accumulate? Oh, God. In our, our house, because Catherine's the hardware editor, obviously, it's just, it's like the Argos warehouse of just keyboards and mice everywhere in our house. Like, just mountains of boxes. I really cannot um, accurately convey, like, how oppressive these boxes are, <laughs> but they're just everywhere. Like, we have a guest come round. It's just, you know, you have to explain that they're going to basically sleep in a storeroom. I can't remember who it was. Was it you, Nate, or am I been Alice O? But like, they said that they imagine Catherine just like every day just throws the old keyboard out and and gets out a new one, like a hip hop mo- <laughs> a hip hop mogul who won't wear like the same t shirt twice. Yeah, right. out the window. There's just a, there's just a, like a graveyard in our back garden of just sort of like keys all over the place, scattered <laughs> in the wind. I wanted to play a tiny little nano game with you both. Um, I, because I'm not particularly into merch, but I do have two statuettes. Okay. Of characters from major pop culture franchises. And I want to see if you can guess them, or one of them, or both. Uh, when you say major pop culture, are they from video games or are they from. Other uh, they are. Uh, they're both featured in video games. They're both also from major films, both of which came out in the first five years of the 2000s. Okay. That speaks of Resident Evil to me. Wait, they're majors? Who said majors? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said they were... Have I... I think I've... (laughs) I don't, I, think, I don't know if my mind wandered. So they Bane's nuns having a strong. <laughs> <laughs> so they were they were in video games, but they were also in films. They're primarily in in films, like massive blockbuster films, but they've also made loads of subsequent appearances in games because they're heavily gamed franchises. What about Botman? Botman? No, it's not Botman. Hmm. What the hell is Botman? Batman. Botman. <laughs> oh, Batman. Right. Uh, Gandalf. Oh, you're on to the right franchise. It is a character in Lord of the Rings. Ooh, okay. Gond. Gollum. Um... It's not Gollum. Gollum. It's not Gollum. No, Matthew's out of this. Oh. I don't know. It's like the pothole of lies, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. You, your, your, your shout. I'm going to say, God, what was Sean Bean's character's name? Boromir. Boromir, Yeah, I'm going to say Boromir. So close. It's his dad, Denethor, who eats the messy tomatoes. I thought he'd be the funniest ever character to get a statuette of. Does he come come with the grim dinner? No, he's just sort of sneering. (laughs) Is he the one? Is Denethor the one who has the, the little bloke who kind of whispers in his ear the whole time no you're thinking of um king um theoden denethor's the one that really horribly like eats a tomato while his son is riding to his death (laughs) classic bloke (laughs) second second one I'll, i'll narrow this one down to start with it's from the star wars prequel films i have a statuette from those which character is it Star Wars prequels. Darth Maul? 
Come on. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> no, no. Watto. No. <laughs> I'm it's a, just racist. You're like, I'm a big Watto guy. <laughs> yeah, I like all the racist aliens. <laughs> and um, I got the transphobic owl off Potter as well. Why is it the owl that you fixated on as being the transphobe? <laughs> you know, self-insert from Rowling, wasn't it? Classic. Um, no, it was. It was. It was a baddie. Uh, is it him with all the arms it's him with all the arms General Grievous I am a low key General Grievous super fan (laughs) well not that low key because you've got a bloody statue of him in your house it's just a cool coughing robot love him there we go he's very wheezy yeah Uh, uh, I mean he's quite big on the, uh, the subreddit isn't he He's he's a meme these days. Prequel memes, yeah. But this was back in 2005 when it was just extraordinarily lame to buy a statue of General Grievous. <laughs> I I had to Lord of the Ringses. Um, I had because uh, I really like the movies. They came out. The first one came out when I was like 11, I think. I had a Legolas. Um, I had Arwen, who had a horse. Uh, and I had a, a Strider with a horse as well. And a Strider? No one calls him Strider. I love that. Well, I was a child. Um, and I had an Aragorn. Aragorn, yeah, with the uh. horse. And I had a uh, Gandalf, who was a slightly larger Gandalf. Um, and had he had cloth. He had like a cloth robe and stuff. So he wasn't like one of the action figures. He was more of a... When you say a, a slightly larger Gandalf, were you diplomatically saying he had, he, he was like chunky? No, no, no. he was he, he was he was literally on a slightly larger scale compared oh, to the right. other two. This weirdly fat Gandalf, and like it's I'm amazing. Like, I wonder if anyone's got a statue of that. Who's that like gnarly wizard covered in like bird? Oh, um, Radagast. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely despised him. He looks him. like Revolting. he smells so bad. Couldn't bear him. <laughs> He's, that's um, Doctor Who as well, isn't it? Yeah, even that won't save him, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh... Oh, no, uh, my daughter claimed the other day that Gimli lived in our spare room. Do you spend a lot of time in your spare room? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so i've got a couple of fish tanks in there but she's not seen lord of the rings but i do go on about gimli quite a lot i wonder Mm. what she thinks gimli looks like and if when you present her with gimli in the films she will claim that it is not him because she has her own concept of gimli i will welcome and look forward to that moment Mm. probably about time we watch lord of the rings Anyway, any more box? <laughs> um, yeah, on, in retrospect, this wasn't the best theme for me to choose. It was, it was quite visual. I'll, t- I'll tell you a rubbish one that always annoys me. Yeah. The, the sex person on the front of, I think it was GTA San Andreas, that, like, it's just a really unpleasant-looking bit of cell shading of, like, a lady licking her lips with sunglasses. And... 
Yeah, it's not me being a prude. It's just a really ugly bit of box art. Like the colors on it and just this like supposedly provocative image, but it's just like this wall of pink orange. I don't know. It always really irritated me. And, mm. you know, it just makes you look like a bad person when your parents see it on your shelf, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was never crazy about it. And this is probably because I didn't play the game and I, I don't know the context of what it is of that, like, weird alien face on the StarCraft box. Oh. oh the, the, uh... it's, like a th- it's like an old 3D render-looking thing. Mind you, the box for Warcraft 2 is one of the best of all time with the orc and the human having a growl at each other. Oh, yeah, that's classic. That's a banger. XCOM 2 has a really good uh, alien cover. Oh, yeah, made of all skulls and that. Yeah. It's troubling, isn't it? I do like covers. I do, like, it's it's one of my favourite things about going back home and seeing my old PC games because I don't, you know, I don't have them in my house because I've got no space for it. but when you see like boxes of them and it's just like a, a pure nostalgia rush. Um, and I imagine lots of people have the same boxes. And this was, this was definitely true of my childhood. Like all of, basically me and my friends, we all had the same game collection because we all read the same magazines, making the same recommendations. So we all probably had the same 15 games and nothing else. Sorry. I, I've got the window open. I think someone's just doing, laps of our street on a very loud motorbike (laughs) apologies if that's picking up um yeah i all my stuff is in a box at my mum's house i think if you had to choose a recent big game to do a harry potter on and release with an extremely classy minimalist cover what would the game be and what would you choose as the cover Um, maybe like Obradin with the little skull watch. That's a great idea, but now I feel really bad because I haven't played Obradin yet. That's That's fine. (laughs) But Obradin has quite a minimalist cover anyway, because it's just the ship adrift. Yeah. See, I I think there's room for an Assassin's Creed series, like... You know, where they could re-release all of them with just like some bollocks little symbol to denote each game. Well, they so have, they look they, really they, good next to each other. They already have that. They just changed the Assassin's Creed symbol slightly for each each one. Oh yeah, but rather than like, you know, like the stabbing man like leaping off a cathedral or whatever, you know, or gesticulating in front of a pirate ship. Like, it would be, I don't know, like, a, a stylized stained glass window or oh, I see, a yeah. pirate's hook, you know? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, That'd be good. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know. I've, if there, I'm trying to think of, like, a game that I really like that I wish more people would, would play. If it had a different, yeah. if it had a different cover that may ch- attract a different audience, yeah, exactly. We well, yeah. like the old enormous consequences series, um, okay, Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? How would you? How I don't would think you that, re- that doesn't need the help that. though. Really, that's <laughs> you could you could Garrus do is- you could do a re-release for all the Ace Attorney games with like 
a very vital prop from each game, like a clue that's key to like Ooh, the main yeah. case. So if you'd played the game, you'd be like, oh, it's that mobile phone or it's that parrot. Um, but if you hadn't played, it would just it would seem quite kind of mysterious and, uh, you know, draw you in that way. Oh, that's genius. Yeah, that's good. I like I like though that's what I like about those re-releases is when it's an image that if you know it you're like oh yeah it's it's the pillow what about dude I'm but sorry. it's just the silhouette of the marine in the background waving his <laughs> arm in protest that would be classy oh sorry I I'm sorry to interrupt. Matthew that is the most Mark Heap noise I've ever heard you make what <laughs> the, uh, yeah. It's a pillow. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, I I I don't like how I said one word in one episode of Divinity that sounded like Mark Heat, and this then became to Alice L. Um, I was Mark Heat, and that was basically it for the rest of the Let's Play. That was like the one joke. <laughs> For the next fifty hours, um, but there are worse people you could be, I guess. Hey, listen, he's one of the country's uh, foremost comedic actors. Constantly getting work, he's been in some really um, foundational mm. television shows. Like you say, it could be worse. You could tweet like Charles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be really bad if you tweeted like Street. Adrian Charles. I was. I'm. I'm keeping that for a rainy day. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I was going to do a mini game where I read out uh, some of Matthew's old tweets and uh, some of the headlines for Adrian Child's columns. Oh, great! It's a bit like <laughs> everyone this week doing the old "Is it Partridge or Maidley?" Um, stuff on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good, is it? It's not a. It's not a place you really want to. A space you want to occupy. Oh god. Took to the dog to the vet. Now I'm down fifty quid. <laughs> <laughs> it is expensive. <laughs> like they're, 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 you know, they know that you love it. They're, they they've completely got you over a barrel. They could do it for a fiver. Dog medicine's yeah. well cheap. Next time you go, you should be like Kill it, I don't care. Put the like, cat down. What gives you the right <laughs> to charge this much? Alice is suggesting he calls the vets bluff until they give him a discount. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> like, it is the, the, the weird thing with the vets is the, the unspoken darkness of that interaction is they're like, you know, well, my cat's got this like iron rod through it. And they're like, well, that'll be 400 pounds. And, and you're like, well, I don't have 400 pounds. So. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll just leave with the cat with the rod for it. You know, it's like what are they gonna do? I mean, but I mean Matthew's describing it as sort of like a hostage situation. So why doesn't he behave like, you know, how people do sometimes on the telly in hostage situations and say like, I don't care about it. She, she means nothing to me. I mean Matthew doesn't think that clones of himself have a soul, so I don't know if Matthew thinks all dogs go to heaven, you know. They certainly don't. Well, yeah. And then the cat would look at Matthew like, what? And then Matthew would like, mouth, trust me. 
Well, I just but if you and don't then the vet would the... put down their gun. Yeah, four hundred pounds. You're like, I just can't. <laughs> what do we do uh, now? Uh, that's the that's the unspoken bit. It's like, well, if not, then what happens next? <laughs> cat's dead, mate. The cat's dead. Right, like, cats, cats don't <laughs> like Matthew anyway. He has to bribe them with butter to get them. To... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite sad. <sighs> Do you think if the cats did like you, you'd be more willing to to pay no, I just, for the treatment? <laughs> it was the first time when we both first got our kittens. One of them fell down the stairs and broke its leg after about like two months, and that was, you know, this was our first first time owning a pet and going to the vets, and I had no idea of how much it cost, and it just struck me of like, well, what was if I couldn't? Like, what would happen now? Like. You're just not going to fix it? You're just going to let me go home with this broken cat? I mean, that's, that, seems, that seems sinister. But, what, can, mm. what can one kitten cost, Michael? Ten dollars? <laughs> See, th- things are easier in the, the, the harsh and unforgiving world of fish keeping because it is literally sink or swim. <laughs> like, right. I found a crayfish the other day uh, that one of its fellows had set upon it, most unusually, while it was having a molt and had eaten all the legs off one side of its body. Oh. And I was like, get off. And I put it in, I had a lovely tank set up with nothing in it. Uh, so I just thought, oh, this will be like Crayfish Rivendell, uh, where he can recuperate after his wounding. Uh, and it's really sweet because. I, I was sort of feeding it tiny bits of um, meat with some tongs for a couple of weeks, and then it molted. And when crayfish molt, they grow any lost limbs back, but they're not as big as they were before. <laughs> so when it runs along the bottom of the tank, it's like... Because <laughs> it's got like five tiny stubby legs on one side and normal-sized <laughs> ones on the other. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it a bit. If you love online shooters, you should listen to Ultimate Audio Bang, Rock Paper Shotgun's fortnightly podcast. Every second Friday, I, Ed Thorne, and I, Imogen Beckelling, chat about the latest news in Shooterland. We go in-depth on Apex, Warzone, and more in our weekly talking points. And we also tell you about the silly player names you come across. I once played Valorant with Joey Tribbiani. Subscribe to Ultimate Audio Bang on your preferred podcasting app, or listen to us every second Friday on rockpapershotgun.com. This, book, this episode's been a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> This is our crayfish, Rivendell. It's, yeah, this is like a recuperation. We got me three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've not. I, I know this is on the bingo sheet. I've seen it. Don't think I haven't seen it. I've seen it, uh, but I haven't got a cabinet life this week. Oh, do you want me? I, I I anticipated this. I reckon I can improvise a really quick one. No, well, we already did the pothole of lies. No, no, trust. Trust, like, trust me, this will be super quick. It'll be look, great. Okay, all right, okay. We've got like 10 minutes left. So, Okay. I'm going to describe three bits of video game box art, uh, famous games, and one of them, because I'm just I'm Googling them right now, one of them will be just one I've made up off the top of my head, okay? Okay. All right. So uh, the game... 
is Far Cry Primal. Mm-hmm. And it's got a caveman uh, with his back to the camera, raising a torch up uh, with a huge mammoth that's got sort of PE teacher energy looming down at him. All right? Yeah. Okay. Slay the Spire. Sort of a bloke with a weird metal bird mask. Uh, looking up at a big stick that's going through the clouds, presumably the spire, uh, and there's a load of light, and there's also someone with like a goat skull helmet peering up as well. Okay. And then World of Warcraft, there's like a, a purple lass with long eyebrows looking very serious um, as a sort of a waist-up portrait in the bottom left. And then there's a furious-looking dwarf with a gun <laughs> inside the sort of, you know, like rune-inscribed portal under the words "A World of Warcraft" behind her. So I'm pretty sure the Far Cry Primal one is real because I remember the, the the sort of publicity stuff for Far Cry Primal because one of the things Ubisoft did was they got, like, a stonemason to carve, like, a PlayStation out of stone or something. Wow. <laughs> I love it when PRs go mad. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, a controller and stuff to be like, oh, the Stone Age and whatever. So I think that one's real. So then the other two were... Yeah. A man with a metal bird mask looking up at a spire going through the clouds. Also a person with a goat, goat skull mask. And uh, a purple lass with long eyebrows as a waist-up portrait in front of a sort of a rune-inscribed brass portal with an angry dwarf with a gun behind it and World of Warcraft. Now, I know <laughs> I'm pretty sure the original World of Warcraft does have a, a night elf on it, but I can't. A dwarf with a gun. It's using congruous, doesn't it? Um, but then again, maybe there were like there's there's sexy elf ladies, but also you can be a dwarf with a gun. <laughs> mm, I just don't you know Warcraft that, that well. well. So <laughs> I think the Warcraft one is real, and I think the Slay the Spire one is made up because Nate has played enough Slay the Spire to be able to improvise. Well, uh, uh, the dwarf with a gun leans out the portal and shoots you because he was fake. Oh, uh, no. The dwarf with a gun is in the foreground and the night elf is oh, in the portal. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a real, that's a real Alice move. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Kevin. Done. <laughs> Well, the remains then uh, is for us to do recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Um, Matthew, are you going to recommend sweets mm. within sweets or? Uh... Um, I would, except I'm not having to eat a Rennie because I um. I knew it. I knew. <laughs> I at the start of this episode, I thought to myself, "Is there going to be another live Rennie?" Because orange chocolate sweeties sound like Heartburn City. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Heartburn City for me. Plain really white sounds bread. like a football team. 
infamously spicy baguette. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to recommend um, for those that are are building the the electronic wireless show Japanese Crime Library. <laughs> um, <laughs> I recommend A Kiss of Fire by Masako Takawa. Um, you might have to. You're probably going to have to go secondhand to try and find a copy of this because I don't think it is published anymore. But it's about a detective, a fireman, and an arsonist who are kind of circling each other and trying to catch. Well, you know, the detective's trying to catch the arsonist, and the fireman's trying to catch the arsonist. Um, and there's also some very weird stuff about a woman having a tiger in her apartment. Um, it's kind of kooky, but. Um, Thoroughly engaging. That's the chapter I wrote. <laughs> it's got, it has got copy. like, yeah, slightly mad mate energy in places. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm going to recommend a, a book as well. Uh, it's called The Plague Letters by V.L. Valentine. Um, and I've accidentally actually bought a load of books that are all from the same imprint and they specifically do like, crime stuff they're called viper books but then i've enjoyed them all um it's called the plague letters by vl valentine and it's a very fun historical uh like murder mystery set during the plague um and it's about this uh rector called simon who works for like his his church is st paul's church which is on covent garden and is really near st paul's cathedral and one of the three lines is that he's kind of like the the other like uh rectors and, and clergymen that kind of uh look down on him and and make fun of him for not having the real supports <laughs> and uh uh but he starts investigating um some uh bodies that start turning up like someone is killing people that have the plague basically so it's sort of like why would anyone bother doing that um and he is, I like Simon as a protagonist a lot because he has no idea what's happening most of the time in any given situation. He hates about 70% of his friends and uh, he really likes his cats. Um, because he's so rubbish, he is helped by a plucky serving girl as well. So it's, it was uh, a rip-roaring good time, apart from everyone dying of the plague. So, <laughs> mm. uh, Nate, what are you going to recommend this week? Well, I've uh, consumed and experienced nothing um, since the last time we spoke other than E3 and obsessive focus on fish tanks. So I'm going to go back to the Bill Drone RPS fish tank um, with a really useful suggestion this time. Uh, Tis the season for Daphnia. Uh, Daphnia are a small freshwater crustacean. Uh, you can find them in ponds or you can order them through the mail. Uh, and they are one of the best live foods you can feed to fish. They will make fish grow big and strong and breed. They're great. But they're quite expensive to buy, and they're quite a pain to collect from ponds. So why not culture your own? All you'll need is a five-liter water bottle, uh, which you empty of mineral water. Fill that with preferably rainwater, if you can. And then put some Daphnia in. Then it's time to feed them. Get a vegetable of your choice, a green leafy one. Blend it up um, in a blender and put it in um, another water bottle out in the sun. 
and uh, leave it a couple of days for algae to start to bloom. Then pipette some of that into your Daphnia culture. And before you know it, it will be teeming with delicious, nutritious crustaceans for your fish to enjoy. Lovely. Pleasant. <laughs> Thank you very much. That does that. It sounds very pleasant indeed. Uh, yeah, I've been culturing millions of Daphnia this week. It's been amazing. <laughs> you could do like an idle Daphnia like magnate game where you <gasps> That's actually a very good idea, Alice. Is like it? <laughs> it is <laughs> to me. <laughs> Ah, thank you very much, uh, listener, for listening. To th- I genuinely thank you this week for listening uh, to <laughs> episode. You made it through, folks. Episode one hundred and forty-four of the Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, this has been the best box art in game special. Uh, yeah, uh, what one of the things I usually say? Oh, Rob Paper Shotgun is on uh, social media like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, so look for us there. Just search Rock Pepper Shotgun, you'll find us. Uh, we have new merch. Finally, I've been promising merch for so long. Merch has arrived, including a uh, an RPS uh, Electronic Wireless Show specific t-shirt for the Cavern of Lies, which is genuinely banging. Um, so look for the links to that in the show notes. Uh, and check out our other podcasts as well. Uh, the uh, Ultimate Audio Bang, which is all about first-person shooters, and um, the weekly news kind of current events roundup with Matthew and Colin Mahan, which is called um, the PC Gaming Week Spot. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. If you uh, tweet about us or post about us, do use the hashtags FatBloodBigOats and SureGirlsHeartSquad. And if you don't know why, I'm not going to explain, but do. <laughs> uh, and uh, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to rockpapershotgun.com. Dot com. Dot com. Uh, but oh God. <laughs> oh, but for now, thank you very much for listening. I am, my name is Alice Bell. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. It's goodbye from uh, what are you called this week, Matthew? From the box from box seven. From seven. No one asked what was inside me. Sorry, what's inside you? Sweets. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a nicer end to the film? Yeah, that is. And Brad Pitt opens it and goes, Sweets! <laughs> that film would have a very different reputation. <laughs> and then, like, Kevin's face, he turns the camera and, like, smiles and winks. <laughs> yeah, and he says, Enjoy your sweets, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. God, it's about time for Kevin Spacey to make his yearly weirdo appearance, isn't it? He'll be popping up soon. Christ. <laughs> um, and it's goodbye from the eerie space yokel. Be careful walking up in the hills at night. You never know what you're going to come across. Glang, 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 glang. <laughs> ah, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>